Check out the blazer. Loosen up the tie. Step inside the booth. Mr. Monday's alive. You're listening to the Urban Business Roundtable here on the Talk of Chicago, 1690 WVON. I'm Curtis R. Monday. Call me live in the studio at 773-591-1690. That's 773-591-1690. I want to hear from you here on the Urban Business Roundtable. Coming up about 935, uh, we have one of our fantastic alum from the 40 Game Changers family, Mr. Jeff Beckham, CEO and founder of Black Box Creative Inc. Uh, and then also coming up around the 925 mark uh, would be Dr. Eric Whitaker, co-founder and CEO of Zing uh, Health. Uh, be joining us today uh, to talk about his great organization and what they're doing out uh, to help people of color uh, over the age of 65. And so I'm excited to be able to talk to both these uh, entrepreneurs. Give me a call in the studio at 773-591-1690, If you are on your, va- uh, your um, uh, maiden voyage with the Urban Business Roundtable, the show is called UBR or the Urban Business Roundtable. It's a show dedicated to the creation and growth of the urban entrepreneur and small business owner. We got three primary goals here uh, on UBR. One, want to redefine the word urban and to help the urban community leverage their purchasing power. I, don't, I think we kind of gloss over that objective. want to redefine. I hate for someone to try to define me for me. It's one of my pet peeves. Don't, don't define me for me. I want to be able to control uh, the narrative, uh, so to speak. I want to be able to make sure that um, my story is being tell, told properly. And so from that perspective, we try to redefine the word urban here on UBR. That is not some negative uh, word. It's not some 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 dirty word. Uh, it's a word that's. I, and I know in politics they use urban to to talk about uh, black people in a negative light and 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 they try to, to push forth an agenda that uh, reinforces the systemic racism and oppression that uh, people of color are, are hit by. But again, in our world here for this hour, uh, urban is something that's powerful. That's power. That's money uh, within our community. And two. We want to be a resource for the creation, sustaining, and growth of small businesses and entrepreneurship. We want to help those small businesses who are in business grow, maintain, not just maintain, but grow and thrive. And if you have an itch that you want to scratch and you want to get uh, into um, the field of entrepreneurship, you got a skill or a talent you want to transform into a business, we hope here on UBR that we can give you some information or a kind word or a word of inspiration to help push you uh, over uh, in that direction. And three, provide small business owners and entrepreneurs access to capital and opportunities to grow the business. Um, Dr. Whitaker, you know, again, uh, I'm going to talk to him and be uh, really interested to hear a story about, you know, raising capital. You know, even one of the things in my real estate investment business, I'm just trying to figure out again uh, how to uh, utilize that model because it's not something that, that we most times with urban entrepreneurs really have conversations about and actually do. So, be interested, but nevertheless, though, to provide uh, entrepreneurs access to capital and opportunities to grow their businesses, you can listen to the Urban Business Roundtable live every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. and a condensed recap on Wednesdays at 8:30 a.m. and Thursdays at 6:05 p.m. I want to encourage you guys to. Uh, uh, before I get in that, let's say good morning. Say good morning to uh, Sonia Levine, our producer, who works hard. Talking to her, to her earlier this morning, so thank you, Sonia, for what you do. My man's on the ones and twos. Mighty Titus, good morning to you, Titus. 
Good morning, Curtis. You know, I haven't seen the Holy Spirit or heard her this morning, but she's out there. <laughs> she's always out there. Sonia, a.k.a. the Holy Spirit. So we don't know where she's at, but she's everywhere, always watching, always lurking. Uh, Titus, did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. It, uh, I worked a little bit, but I had a nice meal and uh, social distance, Thanksgiving, everything was great. How about yours? Thanksgiving was cool. Uh, like every like everyone, a little different in respect to, to, to the social distancing aspect, but did a lot of cooking, uh, a lot of eating. Uh, and I'm proud to report that, that Chance the baby, he ate at the dinner table and he ate the majority of his food and he didn't throw it. Um, and, and, and he did pretty good. I, I'm really, really impressed by the, the little guy and his development. So shout out to Chance Jordan Aka. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He didn't throw not one spaghetti strand. <laughs> he sat there and he ate his little food and, and, and watched it. The only thing I got to work with Chance on, man, he has this, um, this pad, this iPad, and his favorite show is called Blippy. It's just, Think Pee Wee Herman. It's this white guy who dresses up, you know, really, really uh, goofy, but teaches kids educational things. Chance loves this guy. And so Chance, one of Chance's first words was Blippy, right, Blippy. But it, Blippy means everything, and Blippy also means turn my pad on. And he doesn't quite, so he, when he wants his pad on, he says, Blippy, Blippy. He doesn't quite know how to, to, to softly ask me to turn on the pad. So, again, you eat, and next thing you do you, after you eat on Thanksgiving, what, you fall asleep. So I fell asleep on the couch watching football. Football's watching me, and all I feel is pow, blippy. He throws the pad and hits me in the eye with the pad going blippy, blippy. And I almost threw the, the, the damn pad away because I said, hey, Chance, if you hit me with this pad one more time, it's going to be something. But he's such, he's such a little cutie, so I just had to put the blippy. We got to work on that, um, Chance, Jordan, so. Daddy loves you. <laughs> anyway, I hope everybody's Thanksgiving was cool and we're back at it. Uh, you can catch me, Curtis R. Monday, uh, if you want to get your financial house in order, get your insurance portfolio straight. You can call me in my office at 708-647-1005. That's 708-647-1005. Follow me on all social media. That's Monday at I on IG on Instagram. And that's Curtis R. Monday on Facebook. I told you guys before that the game, the game, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor, is now an eight-week online course beginning January 4th. Uh, if you're interested, you can call me at 708-505-7072. That's 708-505-7072. I said before, I'm only taking 10 students, 10 students in this eight-week course because I really want to make sure that I can hone in and lock in and spend time with all 10 students. Uh, in this eight-week course, we're going to meet once a week to go over various chapters of, of the book uh, and all some other things you need to become successful in real estate investing. Uh, it'll be one-on-one -on -one coaching uh, each week with each student, uh, videos, uh, the book, downloadable PDFs, and other resources and things that I use to help me in my personal real estate um, business. And so I'm interested. After the eight weeks, I'm confident that students will be able to have an increased confidence with their real estate investing. They'll be able to develop a framework for creating generational wealth and also be in a position to purchase their first piece of property. So, again, if you're interested, call me at 708-505-7072, 10 percent discount for early enrollment. Um, I've had an opportunity to talk to a lot of people. You know, again, if you're interested, it just doesn't start with you being interested. I, I kind of vet you. Right. Because I want to make sure that your goals 
uh, is consistent with what the information that the course offers. I don't want to waste your time, and I definitely don't have time to waste. So I want to make sure there's a perfect marriage between us. It's very interesting as I get some of the, the feedback that some of the, the people who call in to talk to me uh, about uh, what it is that, you know, that, that prompted them to reach out. Because I asked the question, like, you know, what prompted you to reach out? What prompted you to give me a call? You know, if you could look at your life now and one year from now, what does it look like? Um, I mean, you ask the question as what what steps have you done to get towards your goal? So like if a person says, I want to get a property one year from now, right? I, I, I want to figure out what have you done to put yourself in a position to get there or what's holding you back. And, and we're talking about real estate in this in this context. It's not a real estate show. It's about entrepreneurship. But a real estate investment business is a business. It's a small business. So the same mindset, right, about this can be used or applied to if you're thinking about starting a bakery or an online boutique uh, or a dry cleaners or a restaurant, et cetera. You know, so I want to know if, if you had in your mind, one year from now, what will life look like? Where would you be? And people will write down and tell me what their goals are. What's it? I, I heard, I've heard things, you know, when they called me about this course, I heard things like, I want to create wealth so I can pass it down to my children. Uh, one person told me, Mr. Monday, my daughter has a scholarship, but it doesn't cover all the costs. My wife and I have to chip in to pay the gap. I would like to have additional money to handle that gap. And in addition, when my daughter graduates, I'm still going to have a lot of life ahead of me. I want to be able to get some things in life that I want. Uh, another person, when we talked, said, I want to acquire knowledge that I can pass down to my children. Uh, and then one person says that uh, she's actually a parole officer out in Texas, a parole officer out in Texas, says that she wants to provide housing for her clients, which I thought was pretty admirable. She says that her clients, who are ex-offenders, uh, don't have great options for housing. Maybe they you know, have a difficulty getting housing opportunities because of their record. And she wants to create housing for them. And she wants to build houses, et cetera. Th these are all great things, right? All great things. But here's the problem. They just don't happen by you thinking about them. All great things. I, I, I can't knock any of them. What I find consistently is that the obstacles that, that the people say that they have are being the, and what they consider barriers to achieving these things really aren't obstacles. Things like money. It may sound crazy. Money. It's not. In, in this context, real estate investing, you can invest in real estate with little or no money. You just got to get the skills and know how to do it. Right? Credit. Not a huge obstacle. You can get around that. There are ways to, to, to do it. But here's the thing. Obstacles are always going to exist. Like, I, I don't know anyone that's had a perfect road to ever achieving any kind of dream entrepreneurially. I don't care what kind of business it is. In this case, we're talking about a real estate investment business. I, I, I don't know one. It, it, it's obstacles. It was obstacles for me when I started the Curtis R. Monday Insurance Agency. It's obstacles to me, you know, when I started CIM Rental Properties and the Monday Investment Group. Hell, it's obstacles when I started doing dollars and cents years ago, and now that I do the Urban Business Roundtable and C-Flip, C-Flip. It's always obstacles. That's the point, right? It's going to be obstacles. It's your mentality in terms of how you look at this stuff and how you view those obstacles that's going to determine whether the things you want to do, creating wealth to pass it down to your children uh, or create getting knowledge to pass down to your children, have extra income, build houses for ex-offenders. It's your, your outlook towards those obstacles that will determine 
your ability to achieve the goal that you want to do. It's your outlook. All the things that you perceive as, as problems, you aren't the first person to have that problem. Therefore, if you're not the first person to have that problem, there's a blueprint. There's a solution. We're going to talk to Dr. Whitaker. He's full of solutions, <laughs> right? You come to him uh, with a medical ailment. He has a solution for most things. It's not too much he hasn't seen. We can go get resources to help you. There's a solution for these things. You can't let the obstacle stop you from achieving those goals. I want to put something in your spirit. What God has put in you is worth fighting for. If he put this in you, it's worth fighting for. It's worth going through a season of discomfort. Hey, that's the crux of the matter of entrepreneurship, people. I would love to tell you that. I mean, I know we got some great people that, that have some great, fantastic ideas and innovation uh, and creativity. And, yeah, you got to have some talent. But for real, for real, if you have a solid idea and you pay the currency of hard work, sweat, and focus and consistency, you can overcome these obstacles. You got to get your mind right and go for it. So I appreciate people calling me and saying, hey, you know what? I want to I've been thinking about real estate investing for years. I want to grant, you know, get some extra money and be able to do all these great things. Got you. What have you done to get to get you there? I get a lot of I've just been daydreaming about it. Oh, I don't know. I've just been procrastinating. Newsflash. It's not going to happen. You accomplishing these things won't happen by you just daydreaming about it. And by you procrastinating, Dr. Whitaker says that he believes that people can be what they see. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. But in addition to that, you have to move towards with action to be the very thing that you saw. Right. So the things that I'm talking about, the things that I talk about on the air, I've talked about for a number of years about helping you get on the path to, you know, some kind of financial freedom or financial consistency, having a, a plan in place starting your real estate investing career, it can happen, but you have to do the work. you got to overcome these obstacles. Again, what God has put in you is worth fighting for. It's worth going through a season of discomfort, right? you got to be uncomfortable sometimes. Can't enjoy comfort unless you knew what it feels like to be uncomfortable. They go hand in hand, right? Just think about it. I'm not making this up. I promise you I'm not. Coming up at about 9.35. Oh, if you want to, if you're interested in learning, again, the, the eight-week course, the game, how to become a successful real estate investor, call me at 708-505-7072. That's 708-505-7072. Let's figure out if there's a fit. Coming up about 9.35, we got uh, one of our 40 Game Changers alum, Mr. Jeff Beckham. He's going to be joining us and coming up right after the break, we have one of the co-founders and CEO of Zing Health, Dr. Eric Whitaker, here on the Urban Business Roundtable. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis Shaw Monday. Call me live in the studio at 773-591-1690. That's 773-591-1690. I'm, I'm laughing. I'm smiling because as we're talking, our phone is blowing up. Uh, with people calling about the online course, the game. And so I'm hopeful I'll make sure I reach out to everyone when I get through off the air. And I'm hopefully uh, we'll be able to make a connection. Jeff Beckham, Jeff Beckham, CEO, founder of Black Box Creative Inc. will be joining us uh, a little bit later. Uh, our next guest uh, is the co-founder and CEO uh, of Zing Health. 
um, fascinating guys. I read his bio, but Zing Health aims to provide health insurance options to minority people 65 and older uh, that are typically underserved by traditional insurance models. The plan is available to those eligible for Medicare, covers most Medicare services, and provides members with coverage for services that aren't covered by traditional Medicare like vision, hearing, and dental. I want to say good morning uh, to my guest, Dr. Eric Whitaker. Good morning to you, Dr. Whitaker. How are you doing, sir? Hey, good morning, Curtis. How are you doing this fine morning? Oh, man, I, I can't complain. And as I tell uh, every one of my guests who come on the air with me during this crazy season that uh, praying that you and family and everyone in your, in your circle and your universe are, are both healthy and safe. No, same to you. I, you know, I, I'm fortunate to be able to say everybody's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Whitaker, uh, man, like I said, when I read your bio, and learn more about you, just really, really impressed with all that you've done and, and kudos. Uh, it's hard enough to become to be proficient at one thing uh, and do that at a high level. In your case, it was uh, internal medicine, I believe. But then to take that and then to throw your hat in the entrepreneurial ring uh, and have some success at that, that is equally impressive. And so um, I want to start here for you. Um, you train as an internal medicine physician, and you spent most of your career working in healthcare in Chicago. Tell me, what was the motivation to becoming more entrepreneurial in your professional career? I mean, you were already doing great as an internal medicine, but you parlayed that into the the various insurance companies. So what was the, the motivation? Well, the first thing is, uh, you know, what what I realized is that I had been trying to make an impact on uh, the black community through government and non-for-profits. And what I realized was that I had been entrepreneurial in both of those sectors. And and the question for me was whether or not uh, that entrepreneurship could be translated to the for-profit world. And it turns out it can't. <laughs> and so, so the, the great thing uh, for me is that everything that I'd done prior to starting uh, Zing Health, it all played into uh, you know, me, me being, being uh, hopefully will be wildly successful. So still early days, but, but everything I'd done previously had been entrepreneurial, but it, it had just been in the not-for-profit and the public sectors. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because when I, when I, when I coach people, I have a couple of businesses, one of them is real estate investing, and I tell people that before you do it, you got to have a why. Like, what's the why? And sometimes that why has to be deeper than just money or economically. Uh, you yep. said that your why was that you wanted to make an impact on the African-American community. Why, how, and, and, and how did that become your why? What, what, what resonated with you for that purpose? Well, well, I was blessed. You know, I did a summer program when I was a junior in high school at IIT, Illinois Institute of Technology, called the CHAMPS program. Okay. And, and the leadership there, you know, really uh, uh, put it in our minds about the, the importance of becoming physicians, but really, or, or nurses or any other health profession, but really it was about how, do, how are we going to impact our communities. And I've carried that forward and went from, you know, knowing that I was going to be a doctor for one-on-one patients to being uh, involved in public health where you're involved in, in communities and families. So having a broader impact than just the one-on-one relationship that doctors traditionally have. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. So, this is Zing Health, your third insurance company, right, that, that you started. For our listening audience, which are primarily either current entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs looking to grow or people aspiring to be entrepreneurs, 
just share with us some of your challenges that you face with, with launching your company and, and equally important, how are you able to overcome them? Well, well, you know, the major challenge uh, uh, typically is, is about uh, capital, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, not, I've been, uh, you know, blessed. This is my third insurance new start in the last eight years. So one of the things I brought to the table was a track record that I could speak to uh, and and have you know building some profited biz, profitable businesses and exiting it and my investors making money and so so the first thing is always capital and and I have to tell you with Zing Health even though it was my third insurance company you know I went five payrolls where I would have to ask my chief financial officer how much money do we need for the next payroll <laughs> and he would tell me he would tell me the number and I'd go raise that amount of money get to that and then I would do it over again and we did it five times wow. um, before we you know we had $300 left in our bank account and I had a $100,000 payroll for 30 some people wow. and we we ended up signing a deal for $150 million of private equity capital that will help us grow um, you know, for the next few years, as we we endeavor to become a, a unicorn, you know, as it's called in the venture capital world, of having a billion dollars of value, and so that's my goal for the next uh, four or five years is to get there. In those moments, Doctor Whitaker, where the reality that you got a hundred k payroll coming, and you got little or nothing uh, in the coffer <laughs> to cover that, and you had to go out there and do that five different times, how are you able to? to be persistent? How are you able to keep the eye on the, your eye on the, on, on the product? Because a lot of people give up, right? Giving up is really easy, right? I mean, you, you're faced with that. You're like, well, oh, hell, this is not for me. I tried, but hey, you know, let, let's just go do something. How are you able to keep yourself focused, uplifted enough to keep going out there to do what you did? Well, I mean, certainly faith plays a, a part in it. But, but you know, uh, Curtis, we as black people – are used to having our backs against the wall. (laughs) And, and, you know, and, and, and you know, in fact, I'm very fortunate. Only 1% of, of black owned companies get venture capital funding. And I got four different uh, Silicon Valley venture funds that invested in in Zing Health. And one of the, the investors told me when we were going through that hard time that, you know, we should just close down the business. And she said, it'll be good. You know, we, you know, we, we, we'll back you in your next company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I told her, I said, I said, look, I'm black. <laughs> I, there might not be another shot. And I said, <laughs> you bet on me because I've been through a lot. I said, baby, this is just Tuesday. <laughs> I've been through this, you know, I almost get, got kicked out of medical school. I, you know, there's been so many, uh, uh, um, you know, things that I've had to overcome that, you know, you tap into that reservoir to know that you can do it. And, yeah. But, but, you know, it gets dark. And, and I, you know, I like to say entrepreneurship is not for punks. Nah. <laughs> you know, this is not, you know, this, this is not as easy as folks make it and make it look. And you, you really got to want it uh, to be able to get over the obstacles that, that undoubtedly will, will challenge you. Man, you said it right on the head, Dr. Wither. This is not for punks, man. This is not like <laughs> punks need not apply for this, <laughs> for this yes. type of walk. Raising capital. Raising capital is a foreign concept to some urban entrepreneurs. We really don't have a, a true idea of, of what that is and what that looks like. Uh, you have a capital investment commitment of about $150 million. How were how you able to secure that, 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 that capital? And what tips would you give to other entrepreneurs looking to position their companies in that same manner to attract investors? Well, 
Well, well, you know, the the one of the things that's true about life is relationships matter. Mm. And, and you know, and I, I, I uh, relied on a lot of people I knew to make introductions to me because one of the things that's kind of crazy in uh, the venture capital world and, and a lot of world, you know, people don't, if, if they don't know who you are or where you came from, they don't want to have a conversation. So I've been uh, blessed that over time I cultivated relationships. I've done what I've said I would do. And, and so people felt comfortable saying, hey, this is Eric, Dr. Eric Whitaker. This is who he is. You should give him a listen. So so that's one thing. The second thing is making sure that the people you're talking to actually invest in what you do. Oftentimes, you know, entrepreneurs will go talk to, they, you know, an investor may only do consumer products, and I'm coming to talk to them about, you know, some healthcare thing, and it's not uh, in their wheelhouse. So right. that's a waste of your time and a waste of their time. So you have to get educated about the, uh, what you're doing in the marketplace so that you can get uh, to the right investors. And, and you know, and, and, it, and it's grind. It's a hustle. And that's what I think, you know, black folks, we hustle better than anybody. We make something out of nothing all the time. And, and that, you know, you know, and it's that hustle you need, you know, like, like you suggested earlier, when things aren't going well, that, you know, that you, you don't give up. you got to keep moving and, and keep call, making that extra call. you got to do one extra thing a day to make sure that you get to your goal. Great advice, Dr. Whitaker. Dr. Whitaker, you guys are, are doing great and, and have a great presence here on WVON. For our listening audience who may fall in that demographic, 65 or older, and they want to learn more about your company, your services, where can they find you guys? Well, you certainly can go to our website at myzinghealth.com. That's M-Y-Z-I-N-G.com. We also have a phone number, which is 844 844- Zing yes z i n g y e s and and for those old heads it's eight four four nine four six four nine three seven eight eight four four nine four six four nine three seven. I appreciate that with Doctor Whitaker. Doctor Whitaker, I, I thank you. I applaud you. Wishing you blessings and, and prosperity. And come back and chat with us. And we're here for you if you guys need us. Well, definitely. Thank, thank you, Curtis, and keep encouraging people. We need as many people creating wealth as we can use in our community. All right, Dr. Whitaker, I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye now. All right. Man, Dr. Whitaker hit that right on the head. He said that this, this, this line of work, this career called entrepreneurship is not for punks. It is not, right? I know it's saying glamorous. Right. When you say I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. There are some cool high points. I mean, you got more control of your schedule and you can be creative and you can control your own destiny. Yeah, that that is cool. And in some respects. But the other thing that ain't so cool is when the bills I do and you ask yourself, when we'll get this bread and hey, and your employees are the first persons, first people rather to get paid before you do. What he didn't say in that whole thing is that, you know, he had a hundred K payroll and he had to get money to help pay them he didn't talk about hey how did you get money to pay him <laughs> right that that's a part of it you know a lot of times for entrepreneurship and when you got your own shop you're the last person to, to get that check cut to so it, it happens but it's fulfilling and rewarding and when you put in the hard work the due diligence and the sacrifice and you're consistent with it you look up after a period of time and you know you were able to build and um and maintain so we're gonna take a quick break when we come back Going to come back with one of our 40 Game Changer alum, Mr. Jeff Beckham, here on the Urban Business Roundtable.
Oh yeah, I feel that one, Mighty Titus on the ones and twos. I feel that one, boy. <laughs> hey, welcome back to the Urban Business Roundtable. I'm your host, Curtis R. Monday. Call me at 773-591-1690. Sign up for the game, the eight-week online course, How to Become a Successful Real Estate Investor, 708-505-7072. Only taking 10 students to the promised land next semester, so I want to hear from you. Hey, every other year, Aerial Investments and WVON, acknowledges 40 outstanding local business, civic, and community leaders with their induction into a very exclusive club, which we call the Game Changers. They represent the next generation of black leadership in Chicago, and this year's theme is Black Excellence Matters. Over the next couple of weeks, I have the pleasure to introduce you to some of these talented, talented individuals and influencers, uh, and also new this year, you'll get a chance to see the celebration here on Vaughn TV uh, it's been an overwhelming year in 2020, and so I'm happy about this new upcoming class, uh, the Urban Business Roundtable uh, and Aerial Capital um, is uh, proud supporters or, or uh, presenters of the Game Changers. And this year's event is brought to you by our good friends at BMO Harris Bank. I want to say good morning again. Welcome to the conversation. One of the illustrious alum of the 40 Game Changers. He's the CEO and founder of Black Box Creative, Inc., the one and only Mr. Jeff Beckham. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, Curtis. How you doing, man? Man, I can't complain. Man. They, they should have called this the um, 40 Game Changers slash Impact Crew. Because right. last, last week we had my man number 15, as I call him, my man Amiel Harper, and now my man Jeff Beckham, uh, one of my uh, uh, fellows and classmates in, in uh, Impact. Jeff, we appreciate you, man, and I hope, and I hope that um, as we talk again, you, family, Friends, everyone close to you are safe and healthy, brother, during this pandemic. Yeah, man, me, I, definitely. Same to you and yours as well. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that, that I, I love about entrepreneurs and I love about um, people uh, who really are, are, who preach what they, um, who do what they preach, Jeff was the, one of the, was the first person when I met at Impact who found out what I did professionally. He had an agent. He's like, I got no connection to the agent. I'm switching everything over to you. And wrote a letter and had all his policies, him and his dad and his family switched over to 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 me for the strength of the fact, no other that we were just African-American entrepreneurs in the same struggle, doing the same thing, man. So I'll be remiss if I didn't publicly acknowledge you and thank you and your family for your early support uh, of me and the insurance agency. Thank you very much. Well, I mean, first, I got to give you credit, too, because I think it's part of it to, to make the switch. But then you d you did the work and you do the work and your agency has been great. Um, you know, I don't want to give the shameless plugs, but I will. I think uh, you've gone above and beyond the service myself and my family. And we weren't getting that quality of service with not to knock the other agent. I, I would call and couldn't get them on the phone. And so, you know, the one thing I appreciate about what you provide is that when we need help, you pick up the phone. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's important to business. Let me tell you something, Jeff, man. One of the things about Impact and one of the things about these 40 game changes is that it is truly like the best of the best. Uh, and I was impressed because I always said I was considered an old head as part of Impact. And you guys, in terms of when I compare where you are right now in your career to where I was when I was that age, I was always impressed by a person like yourself in terms of the, the different things that you're doing and how far you are at this stage in your career. When did the entrepreneurial bug hit you? When did you when did you discover that hey, I want to get into this line of work? Man, I was 12 years old, man. My dad um was always an entrepreneur, always had dreams of having his own business. My 
my uncles did. Both my uncle Robert had a tax business and a real estate company. Um, my uncle Bruce Abbey, who has Abbey's Paving and Construction. So as a kid, I saw a bunch of men around me who um, had businesses. You know, they might have worked jobs too, but they always were, were striving to own something for themselves. And so as a kid, I would actually like write down, this is pre like, the blog and internet, like I'm that old where I remember having to write down <laughs> codes for video games and I would sell those in school. And then that expanded to, you know, my friend and I as kids would uh, shovel snow and then get the other kids in the neighborhood to shovel snow and they would pay us a percentage. So we, we were starting very early, but, but as an adult, um, mine, you know, always had a plan to, to open a company. I didn't know what it would be. Um, and it took different phases and iterations of what it is. It, it's even changed now. But uh, in 2011, I was actually laid off. Um, I was working in pharmaceutical sales and got that call that they were you know, doing a, a shift. And yeah. I you know, called a mentor, called my parents, and they were like, well, what, you know, you, you've got the skills to do this on your own. And with that network of support, you know, it kind of pushed me out the window to start Black Box Creative, which then was a medical technology consulting company. And then it became a web development company. And now it's a a media house. Um, so it's, you know, you always say you start five companies before you hit the one that really uh, will take off for you. Black Box has actually probably been three of the five for me. Wow. Wow. You have a, a good mix um, in a sense that you got to what you do creatively and entrepreneurially, mm-hmm. but you also, you know, do other things still in the, in the corporate world, which in my opinion takes a lot of discipline because you, you can make a great living uh, in corporate America, and you put the eight nine hours up in and there, but you still have enough. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Inner fortitude to still run uh, and and pursue what you're doing with Black Box Creative. How are you able to keep your eye on the on the on the prize? How are you able to to still keep focusing on what you want to do entrepreneurially with all those different competing priorities? Yeah, man. You know, I call it work life integration. I know people talk about work life balance, but you know, with with what I do. I try to find ways to integrate both. So, you know, the work I do at Chicago Scholars um, and I, I just, you know, it's always been about career and leadership development. So building skill sets, right, building networks first and building specific skills that will uh, help you achieve your goals. Well, in Black Box Creative, a lot of what we do is using those same like kind of strategic principles of helping companies use tech to tell stories to achieve their goals. And now we're doing it through art. I'm doing it through art now where, you know, I'm using art to tell stories either through individual or companies to achieve goals. And so I've been able to find a through line of how those things relate and then connect them. It's impossible to kind of have two uh, competing priorities as such. If you were doing, if I was doing something else that did not relate, one would drain the other. And when I was actually in, you know, doing sales, I would find that, you know, I was always pulled away to the thing that I was really passionate about doing. And I was never as great as I could have been because they just didn't relate. They were competing in, in that energy that you need to, to do what you do. Like you said in your last interview, you know, it takes grind. It takes grit. Um, and, you know, when you're when you're draining that, that energy force from one thing to another, you end up looking up and one of them is going to suffer. Yeah, yeah. What's been your biggest challenge uh, as an entrepreneur and how have you been able to overcome it? Man, you know, initially it was raising capital. and You guys just alluded to it. You know, my payroll making payroll, like you said, finding the time when you had the staff, you got to pay them first and then you're trying to keep the party going. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that was really difficult. It was never finding customers. I mean, even now 
we're not, you know, I've kind of morphed Black Box Creative into what I call my media house. I've, I've got an art business now and I'm painting and it, that's taken off crazy. That's what Black Box has really become now, the, the production company for that. But when it was all, but it's still, you know, three to four calls a week for folks that need websites. People in the midst of the pandemic are birthing things. And so they're starting things, you know, things are coming out of this. And so I'm getting calls, you know, folks need sites and it's just capacity now for me, but it, it was, you know, capital to hire to scale the capacity. And that's always been the thing. I would go when I was doing fundraising and raising capital for my, my clients and folks building you know, mobile applications. I would go out to the Valley or speak with investors and they would say, they were like, you know, a black person will come in and they will ask for a hundred thousand. A white person with the same idea will come in and ask for a million and their idea wouldn't even be flushed out. You know, the black clients have users and they're functioning application and they're asking for a hundred K. We, you know, I learned early on to stop undervaluing what we have and the skills that we have. And it's, it's really been interesting in art, which is a lot different than tech, um, you know, the value of an, a piece of art is really all based on the high of the artist and the person that wants to buy it. Where in tech, they, they can valuate you based on other things, but the, the similarity there is still the market drives the price. And so when we come in and we're asking for 100K, we should be asking for a million, we end up selling ourselves short. And that's something that I learned early on from tech that I'm not doing this time on the art side. So great, man. Great. I, I think that's just a, a function of exposure. You know, I tell everybody yeah. I, I love my um, Chicago bred CPS and, and went to Northern Illinois. I stay and I great, I, great, great. I had a great time. But a lot of the things that I need and I learned in terms of life skills to help me be successful in business, I didn't learn from these institutions and there's no knock on them. I just didn't learn it. So it needs to be another resource, another, another outlet for people to learn the skills that you just said, like how do you get in front of this audience and make this educational plea or th this argument based on something that really has a sound footing and, and, and awareness of what your true value is. You said that black box creative has morphed into different iterations. Now it's in the art realm for our listening audience. Tell us about what you're doing with the company. Yeah. So I started painting a couple of years ago, initially as a way to kind of manage stress. Um, and when I did it, you know, actually another 40 game changer alum, Brian Sleet, um, had passed away. And, and he, in our last conversation, he was like, man, you got to really find a way to manage your stress better. Um, and I told him I, I was joking. I said, I want to paint. And he was like, well, you should paint then. If you guys, if those of you that know Brian remember him, he was, he was a straight shooter. So he would just say paint. Um, when he passed away a couple of days later, man, I actually went and got a canvas out the back of my room that I'd had for two years untouched. Mm. Um, it painted something. It was terrible. Uh, but what I did was I invested, um, similar to like the classes you offer on the real estate side. I started taking classes online for technique, um, understanding, you know, medium, understanding all the things that you need to kind of understand in, in art. What is archival posters? What are archival quality paints? Right. And I looked up, man, and I got better. Um, and since quarantine, since April of this year, I've sold 250 pieces. Uh, one mm -hmm. piece in particular, uh, the Bridges Ruby Cross, which is a dedication to Ruby Bridges. Um, that piece is now, you know, sold 200 plus prints. Um, someone from the Met in New York bought a copy of it. So I don't know what's going on there, uh, but that piece alone, you know, has it literally kind of blown my store out the water. Um, and it's been in, it's in three continents. A school district in Kentucky are giving them to their students as a, a prize. And what I've seen with that piece is that it's not um, 
the power of it is how, how people see themselves in it. And, you know, I, something that I never thought would be a business for me, um, it, art is turning into something where I'm actually uh, opening a gallery with a, a brother named Mike Jew. We have a gallery coming on over on 33rd and Morgan, uh, signed the lease. We're doing the final build out. Um, it'll be an art space, photography space, and event space. But, you know, again, Black Box turned into that. And it's it's similar concepts. I tell folks, when you can uh, see, you know, colors and understand symmetry and understand the, tech, the technique, the technical part of painting, it makes you stronger on the art side, too. But, again, this is all about being an entrepreneur and pivoting and being able to pivot. There's power in that. And I hope folks are seeing the opportunity in the midst of this quarantine as a, a place to pivot. While you're in home and you're, you're social distancing, you should be adding skills to the things that you're, you're doing, adding, leveling up the things that you're good at. Yeah, man, well said. I couldn't say it any better, Jeff. Jeff, while listening to the audience, I want to know more about you and your business. Where can they go, brother? Yeah, you can find me, um, Art by Jeff Beckham, on all of the platforms. Artbyjeffbeckham.com is my site or just Jeff Beckham on uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. You can connect with me if you have any questions about tech or art or Chicago scholars. Um, happy to share that I'll be taking over as interim CEO on 12-1. And so that, that program helps first-generation and low-income students get to college and get into jobs. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty accessible, but I would love to see our applications open right now. So if you've got a high school junior that needs to get into college, please go to chicagoscholars.org and have them apply. Uh, we need more young people applying for school. We know college isn't the be-all, end-all, but it is a great, a great way to enhance your life, develop skills, and meet wonderful people like my brother Curtis Monday. Man, I appreciate you, Jeff Becker, man. Keep up the great work, man. Be safe. I can't wait till outside opens back up safely so we all can reconnect, bro. Yes, sir, bro. Stay safe, and uh, God bless you and your family and my VON family. I love you guys. Thank you. All right. All right. Man, great information. Great guy. Uh, Phenomenal story, man. You just heard how his business morphed into three different iterations. That's entrepreneurship. You know, I would love to tell you that when I started out in business, I had this great idea to be an insurance agent. No, it just kind of happened. And then I would love to tell you that, hey, it was my master plan to one day get on radio and start doing media. Uh, not so much. It kind of morphed into that. And I even I, I would love to even tell you I, I was even more just in, insightful to, to start real estate investing and, and, and buying property and teaching people. Nah, that wasn't that either. It just kind of morphed. And he's absolutely right. Take this time uh, where you have eliminated some of the distractions of the outside world just because of the realities of COVID to take those ideas that's been in you and put them and, and do something with them. I wrote the book, The Game. I started the book in March, right at the beginning of quarantine. And by June, I had finished the book and released it by July. I've been thinking about writing the book forever, right? Got a lot of different things about, you know, uh, real estate money in my mind for, for years. And it just got birthed uh, in this quarantine. And so I encourage you guys to take the opportunity to that you have to really, really go after and pursue your dreams. You know, that's that's really, really important in this time frame right now. I said it before. I said it earlier in the show that what God has put in you is worth fighting for. If it's worth going through, it is worth going through a season of discomfort. So see it through. I want to say thanks for everybody today. 
They made the Urban Business Roundtable what it is. To Sonia Levine, our producer. To Mighty Titus on the ones and twos. Dr. Eric Whitaker and also Jeff Beckham. Thank you for being uh, our guest this morning. Uh, again, uh, if you're interested in uh, the game, the course, eight-week online course, call me, 708-505-7072. I want to see if there's a fit for you. Going to take a quick break. <laughs> when I come back an hour from now, I'll be on with She Flips, He Flips with the great EJ Williams. I got to get out of here. I tell everyone I don't do this for my first name. I do this for my last name. Chance Jordan Monday. Daddy loves you. Say what you want to about me, but always know that I did it my way. God bless.